0: Hello and thanks for tuning in. You're listening to your Bible teaching program, Search for Truth, and I'm thrilled to welcome you. Your Bible teacher, Brian Johnston, begins us, uh, brings us talk number four in this Fence Post Turtle series, and uh, Gideon is the Old Testament character that we're studying this time. So, now let's go to Brian.
1: Thanks, John. Could it be, I wonder, that you may be considering taking up fresh responsibilities in following and serving the Lord Jesus Christ? When anyone stands at the threshold of an exciting new phase of service for the Lord, it can be a bit daunting. There's nothing unusual or even wrong about that. In fact, it can be a healthy sign. Great heroes of the Bible, like Gideon, needed God's encouragement before launching out on their life's work. We hope to learn from him in our present study. Gideon was a fence-post turtle, that is, someone who didn't get where he was by himself. Remember his response to the angel when he was informed that he was to be the commander of the Israelite troops? He said, Sir, how can I save Israel? My family is the poorest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least thought of in the entire family. That's in Judges chapter 6. Let's read about it again in context and refresh our memory of how the land of Israel, Gideon's people, back then was overrun at will by the Midianite enemy. So from Judges 6 and verse 11 we read, Then the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak that was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abiezrite, as his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress in order to save it from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. Then Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, Why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord looked at him and said, Go in this your strength and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? He said to him, O Lord, how shall I deliver Israel? Behold, my family is the least in Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my father's house. But the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat Midian as one man. Gideon's act of threshing wheat in a winepress reflects both his fear of discovery and the smallness of his harvest. Normally, wheat would be threshed, that is, the grain separated from the wheat stalks, in an open area on a threshing floor, by oxen pulling threshing sledges over the stalks. The angel's introductory remark affirmed the Lord's presence with Gideon personally and described Gideon as a mighty warrior. Perhaps this was intended as reflecting Gideon's potential by God's help. But Gideon reacted by speaking of the national crisis, questioning the reality of God's promise in view of his people's present circumstances. In those days tribes were divided into tens and fifties and hundreds and thousands. The thousands therefore marked the large divisions, made up of numerous families. And so Gideon seems to imply that the families, or even the whole tribe that he was part of, had become small. They could do little against their enemies. Gideon is making a modest objection against this commission. Was he being distrustful, inquisitive or humble, self-diffident and self-denying? God often chooses to do great things by using those who are little, especially in their own eyes. God delights to advance the humble. God specialises in setting turtles on fence posts. Let's read on, still in chapter 6 of Judges, but verse 33 now. Then all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the sons of the east assembled themselves, and they crossed over and camped in the valley of Jezreel, So the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, and the Abiezrites were called together to follow him. He sent messengers throughout Manasseh, and they also were called together to follow him. And he sent messengers to Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali, and they came up to meet him. Then Gideon said to God, "'If you will deliver Israel through me, as you have spoken,' Behold, I will put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece only and it's dry on all the ground, then I will know that you will deliver Israel through me as you have spoken. And it was so. When he arose early the next morning and squeezed the fleece, he drained the dew from the fleece, a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, Do not let your anger burn against me, that I may speak once more. Please let me make a test once more with the fleece. Let it now be dry only on the fleece, and let there be dew on all the ground. God did so that night, for it was dry only on the fleece, and dew was on all the ground. Gideon's commission by the Lord seems to have preceded the next annual invasion of the Midianites and their allies. They crossed the Jordan River, not far south of the Sea of Kinnereth, and camped in the rich agricultural area of the Jezreel Valley. God began to deliver his people through Gideon as the Spirit came upon him to enable him to fulfil his task. Gideon immediately began to muster men, summoning his own clan with a trumpet and the rest of the tribe of Manasseh and others by means of messengers. Gideon's apparent lack of faith in asking for a miraculous sign from God seems strange for a man who's later going to be listed among the heroes of faith when we come to the New Testament... As it was, Gideon already had a sign from God at the time of his commission. Gideon perhaps wasn't using the fleece to discover God's will, for he already knew what God wanted him to do. This sign was more a confirmation or assurance of God's presence or empowerment for the task at hand. In any case, God condescended to Gideon's weak faith and saturated the wool fleece with dew, so much so that Gideon wrung out a bowl full of water. Perhaps Gideon had second thoughts about the uniqueness of this event, since the surrounding threshing floor might naturally dry before the fleece. So he requested the opposite, this time make the fleece dry and the ground covered with dew. God patiently did so, and Gideon was reassured to continue his assignment. It's good too when we receive clear confirmation that we are in God's will. Now we want to read from chapter 7 of Judges at the beginning. Then Jerubbaal, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and camped beside the spring of Harod. And the camp of Midian was on the north side of them by the hill of Moray in the valley. The Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give Midian into their hands. For Israel would become boastful, saying, My own power has delivered me. Now therefore come, proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is afraid and trembling, let him return and depart from Mount Gilead. So 22,000 people returned, but 10,000 remained. Then the Lord said to Gideon, The people are still too many. Bring them down to the water and I will test them for you there. Therefore it shall be that he of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, he shall go with you. But every one of whom I say to you, this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. Gideon camped at the spring of Harad, as we've read, which was probably at the foot of Mount Gilboa. And he camped there with all his men who numbered 32,000. Even that was small compared to the Midianite force that opposed them, which was made up of a hundred and thirty five thousand and was camped three or four miles to the north. When we consider the difference in numbers between Gideon's army and the larger Midianite army, Gideon was no doubt perplexed by God's words when God said to him, You have too many men. In fact, after the test that God set, only three hundred passed the test down at the water. And If the historian Josephus can be believed, he says that the 300 men who passed the test were the least watchful of the men. And if true, this resulted in an even greater recognition of God's power. Now, with just a few fighters, Gideon was again reassured by a divine promise. With the 300 men, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. So, continuing in chapter 7, So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outskirts of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, when they had just posted the watch, and they blew the trumpets and smashed the pitchers that were in their hands. When the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers, they held the torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing and cried, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Each stood in his place around the camp, and all the army ran, crying out as they fled. When they blew 300 trumpets, the Lord set the sword of one against another, even throughout the whole army, and the army fled. So Gideon divided his small army into three groups, whose strange weapons were trumpets and empty jars with torches inside. At the critical moment, the Israelites blew their trumpets and broke the jars, both making a terrible noise and revealing the glowing torches and shouted loudly, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. This battle cry indicated their confidence in the Lord to give them victory and also identified them to the Midianite enemy and aroused fear in them. The confusion in the Midianite camp was unbelievable as they imagined a much larger Israelite force attacking them. This divinely orchestrated confusion caused the Midianites to turn on each other with their swords while the Israelites apparently watched in safety around the camp. Then the Midianite army fled to the southeast. You know, it's good also when we rely only on God for deliverance in our troubles. And after this in Judges 8, we read that men of Israel said to Gideon, Rule over us, both you and your son, also your son's son, for you have delivered us from the hand of Midian. But Gideon said to them, I will not rule over you, nor shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. Following this significant victory, The Israelites turned to Gideon with the request that he rule as king over them and establish a ruling dynasty. You, your son and your grandson, they said. But Gideon declined both the rule and the dynasty. The people couldn't persuade him otherwise. You see, Gideon remained convinced that he was a fence post turtle.
0: In him, like Gideon, we should stand in the Lord's strength alone, because the arm of flesh will fail us. There's a transcript booklet containing all six talks of this series, so if you'd like one or more, please ask for the title, "Fencepost Post Turtles. Uh, some listeners have told us that they use the booklets in Bible study groups, so you can have one or more. There are several other methods to access past programmes, and I'll tell you about those in a moment. But first, I'm about to give you our contact details. So if you've got pen and paper to hand, then here they are Search for Truth, Church of God, Downing Drive, Leicester, LE5, 6LN, UK. Now repeat that Search for Truth, Church of God, Downing Drive, Leicester, LE5, 6LN, UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. As I said a moment ago, there are alternative ways of accessing our radio talks. For instance, by going on to amazon.co.uk forward slash Kindle ebooks. And you'll find that many titles have been turned into ebooks. Um, so just type Search for Truth Series into the search box and you'll find them. Now that's all we have for today so many thanks for your company and next week we look at another Old Testament character Gideon so do join us. Until then very best wishes from Brian, David, our singers and me John. So goodbye and may God richly bless you all.